0: You are listening to wholesaling inc episode number 674
1: it is worth it to wait longer to spend more money to find a rock star employee because one person one good person will change your business five good people will change your life okay Mm -hmm. this is a people business if you find the right people to support you and work with you you will be more successful than you ever thought
2: it's all about your team
0: What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I'm super excited. I have an awesome guest. I still can't even believe I have him on this podcast right now. Tarek El Musa from HGTV's Flip or Flop. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. This is a big deal for me.
1: Oh, it's a big deal for me, too. I see your posts everywhere. They're fantastic.
0: You are... Probably the highest level biggest investor, and you have a TV show. So this is a huge honor to have you on this podcast. I'm so excited.
1: Well, thank you for having me, and I hope we bring a lot of valuable content.
0: I think we will. I think we will. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I have a lot of questions I want to ask you. So first and foremost, I mean, I know probably anybody who's listening to this knows who you are. If you don't, you're probably living under a rock, but Tell everybody, where did you come from? Where are you from originally?
1: So I grew up in Buena Park, California, played sports my whole life. I was a great athlete. At five years old, my dad was my soccer coach. He was invited to coach the all-star team. I remember being so excited that night at dinner. My dad sat me down. He told me he was not choosing me for the team. I (laughs) cried and I cried and I cried. I was five years old and I asked him why. And he told me son, you're not good enough. So that was my first lesson in life where if you want something, you got to work hard. It was heartbreaking watching my dad coaching the other kids, sitting on the sidelines. And I will never forget that. So my whole life I'm training, I'm working, I'm practicing sports every day from 3 p.m. every single day till 8 p.m. every single day. So I I knew what hard work was and I excelled at everything I did. And I, I got out of high school. I found myself pretty lost dealing with some depression and stuff. I went from being, you know, popular and, and being an athlete and all these things. The next thing I know, I'm a bum drinking too much and all the other kids are going off to college and I'm still on the couch. And it was really rough times. So at 19, I was selling uh, Cutco kitchen knives and delivering pizza. And I was actually starting to make some good money selling Cutco kitchen knives. And man, back then all my leads were in a paper book and I lost my book. So I, I put myself out of business I lost all my contacts, all my leads, everything I had. You know, there's no computer, no backup database. This was 2002. So I'm at a Washington Mutual ATM in Cerritos, California. And I'm looking at the ATM and I'm like, man, what in the world am I going to do? Okay. I have no money. I don't know what to do. And I'll never forget. I look up to the right and there's a crooked sign that says Wise Old Owl Real Estate School. Okay. So I remember I had a moment. You know, and I call these defining moments because we have defining moments in our life. And a defining moment is a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your life. I remember thinking, huh, houses. I said, well, if I, mean, if I could sell knives, I could sell houses. So I took my like, my last couple bucks. I walked 50 feet over to this place and I signed up to get my real estate license. <laughs> that's how I got into real estate. So, okay. So now I'm 19. I start getting my real estate license and I get licensed at 20. Okay, my first six months in the business, Lord, I was young, hungry, excited, motivated, like showed up in my JC Penny suit, my white socks, like I'm ready to go and conquer the world. I struck out. I didn't make any dollars. I completely bombed. I failed. And I was so upset. I was like, I'm 20 years old. I just entered the real world. I'm working with adults and I suck, right? And I remember talking to my mom and dad. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to the office. I'm waiting for people to call. I'm sitting in open houses. nothing's happening. And my mom was like, Go to school. Go to school. Go to school. You know. And my dad's like, No, go for it. Go for it. Right? Two different mindsets. So I was like, All right, I'm gonna give this a few more months. So one day I'm in my office, and it was an old medical building, and it was an older real estate office. And these two ladies were in this little conference room with me. You know, we weren't together, but in the same room. And I. And I hear them talking about how stupid real estate agents were for paying for coaching, okay? Like they're just talking mad shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> and and I remember thinking, well, these two don't sell any houses. What are they talking about? They don't make no money. So my whole life, I had been coached for football, baseball, ice hockey, kickboxing, like anything you can think of, I had a coach. So I was so young and dumb, I was listening. I was like, well, wait, you tell me I could get a coach for this? So it was a free event at a Buena Park athletic club or Sequoia Athletic Club in Buena Park, California. And the event was thrown by a gentleman named Mike Ferry. And anyone in real estate knows Mike Ferry. He's like the OG real estate guy. So I'm 20 years old. I'm sitting in his conference. And by the end of this thing, Mike has me convinced I'm the smartest guy alive. I'm the best looking guy alive. I'm the most brilliant man. Like the words coming out of his mouth, like changed my life. And At the end of that event, I I took a a piece of paper, a yellow pad like this. I said, you don't know who I am today, but one day you will. I said, and I handed him that note. This is a true story. And he does know who I am today, by the way. So I signed up for coaching that day. Okay. And I was broke. I was 20 years old. My parents just got divorced. I had broken up with my girlfriend. I wanted to move to my mom's house. I couldn't afford the rent. So I had to move into my mom's garage. And it wasn't a converted garage. It was an actual garage. You hit the clicker, it opens up. You have bicycles and dirt bikes and cockroaches. And I rolled this little cot on wheels into the middle of this garage. And that's where I live. So talk about like rock bottom. Like I'm in the garage. It's like floor heater, no air conditioning, like freezing my ass off in winter. And I signed up for coaching for $1,000 a month. Guess what I didn't have?
0: a thousand bucks a
1: month. A thousand dollars back then was like a hundred thousand a month. So I'm like, oh man. Okay. Whatever. I got a credit card. Let's do this. So I signed up for coaching. And on the first day I said, listen, coach, I will do whatever you want me to wear a pinata and run down the streets. I will do it. I will do anything you tell me. So I did what he told me to do. And I did even more. So here was my goal. Here's what I did. I committed 90 days. He said, we're going to set a 90 day block he said, you can make life-changing progress in 90 days if you put in the work. And he goes, I want to prove it to you. So the goal for me was to work Monday through Saturday and call on Sunday nights for two hours. So it was like crazy work hours, like insane. But I was a young kid. I was like, whatever, let's do this. So I worked uh, 10 to 14 hour days, six to seven days a week for 90 days straight. Here's what happened. At the end of 90 days, I moved out of my mom's garage. I ended up making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in real estate commissions right around my twenty-first birthday. So imagine this: I'm a broke kid to making forty thousand dollars a month overnight. I moved from that garage into a million-dollar house. I (laughs) remember, true story. Okay, I moved into this million-dollar house because they gave anybody loans back then. I remember my loan application because I delivered pizza. You know, six months before they're like previous work history. I was like food services. You know, delivered pizza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm living in this house with no furniture, with nothing but a mattress on the floor. and it was bought the most the house. I bought the house.: Okay, yeah. the most exciting. Times. It was the most exciting moment in my house. So within 90 days, I made 120,000 dollars. I was able to buy a million-dollar house and move out of a garage. And that's why I say, with this business, you can make life-changing money fast.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: just got to put in the work.
0: Now I definitely want to hear. So right now you're you're riding the wave. Things are going really really well. Did it keep going that way?
1: Oh no, it did not.
0: (laughs) Right, tell us about that. Oh,
1: I got my ass kicked. So, twenty one. I'm making forty grand a month. I buy a million dollar house. I go and buy an S five hundred, Bravis, a BMW, an Escalade. Next thing I know, my Monthly bills are like 20 grand a month. And I think I'm rich because I'm making 40, you know, but after taxes, I wasn't making anything. <laughs> so I, was, yeah, I was, I was a kid, like, come on, like, literally, yeah. literally 21 years old. Like I was trying to get into bars at 20 and I was selling real estate, you know, yeah. so I was yeah. a kid. So then I, I was like, man, I'm crushing it. And here's how I made my money. By the way, I made all my money, phone sales. That's why I made my money. Wow. It was all phone sales. And I don't want to hear any bullshit from anyone, any excuses about phone sales. My name is Tariq El Musa. You know what it's like cold calling as a Tariq El Musa. Like, what's your name? How do you say it? Where are you from? So, and you know what, Lauren? I sounded like an idiot. My first 500 calls. Uh, my name's Turok. I'm calling. Sell home. House. You want to sell house? No, idiot. Don't call me again. I was like, click. But here's how I got through it, by the way. My goal was not to get listings. My goal wasn't to make money. I had one goal. My one goal was to talk to 50 people a day. And if they said, hey, moron, go F yourself. Sorry, I'm not using the words because they did say that to me. I would smile because I got a contact. Ah,
2: so my okay. goal,
1: it's all in the mindset. So my goal was contact. So every every time someone yelled at me, I'm like, ha I got you. I got a contact, you know? So it made point. a game out of it. So that's how I found my success. And then I was like, "Man, if I could do this, I can build a team, and and I can have so many people doing this under me." So then I built a team under me. Uh, I learned a lot of lessons there. But what happened was, two thousand and seven and eight happened, mm-hmm. and and I was young. I had no savings because I spent all my money. And everything I was doing that was working, all of a sudden, felt like overnight change. In two thousand and seven, I went four months without a paycheck. I had to sell the house. I sold the cars. I moved into a little tiny apartment in Placentia, California. And man, that was rock bottom again. And I literally, at a young age, thought I made it. I figured it out. I was king of the, you know, top of the world. I was floored again. I had to start all over. And man, those were hard times. Those were real hard times. 2007, eight, nine, they really kicked my butt. I wanted to throw in the towel a few times, but I didn't.
0: What was it like? I mean, emotionally. Take me back to that place. Like what were you every day you woke up? What was your first thought?
1: So don't wake up. Like go back <laughs> to bed. I didn't want like I was miserable. You know, you you go from making, you know, 40 grand a month as a kid to next thing you know, you're in your mid-20s and you can't even make a dollar. I mean, I was so lost. I was trying to get a job at ballet parking. I'll never forget, I went to Roy's restaurant in Newport Beach. This is literally like 12 years ago, and I tried to get a job as a ballet parker. No, 14 years ago. I tried to get a job as a Valley Parker and they said I didn't have enough experience. I was like, what are you talking about? I've been delivering pizza for two and a half years. That's a lot of experience. So this is real. Like, you know, so I tried to get a job as a Valley Parker, but I didn't get hired. Like I was just going for, it, you know, I had to pay my bills and, and, you know, screw the pride. You know, I, I had to go get a job. Cause I needed the 30 bucks an hour. That's how bad it was. And I never quit. And 2008, late 2009, I had this crazy idea So here's what happened. I did a short sale for an investor. I I found the deal, negotiated the transaction. There was a first lien, a second lien, an IRS lien, an HOA lien, like every lien you can think of. It took me 11 months to do this deal. I spent so much time. And at the end of the day, I made $7,000. I watched the investor paint the house, put it back in the market, sell it to someone else, make like $127,000. Okay. So that was the moment. I knew I was on the wrong side of the equation. Like that was the exact moment. So I was like, okay, I got, I have to be an investor. So that's when I was like, okay, I got to be an investor. Now what, how do you do it? So I just started pitching everybody I knew to invest with me. And everybody's like, no, you're too young. You're crazy. You don't know what you're doing. The market's in a tank. I'm not giving So every single person said no, which is part of the process. Like I'm sure people told you no too. So I just didn't stop. And what I did is I would track properties and then I would show people, look, I've been tracking. These are the numbers. My numbers are accurate. And in 2010, I, I got a gentleman named Pete DeBest, who's now 11 years later, we're full on business partners. He's been on Flip or Flop with me. And I was like, hey, man, you want to flip houses with me? And he was a young entrepreneur. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah. He's like, how much money you got? I was like, not much. So I sold my Rolex. I borrowed against my credit cards and I scraped together like 40 grand. Like back then it was like a ton of money. You know, I didn't have it. So I had to borrow from things we bought our first condo for 115,000. I did all the work myself. I managed it. I mean, I electrocuted myself. I painted the baseboards to the floor. I burned my feet with acid. I mean, I did everything wrong, but I moved super fast, got the project done in like 13 days, found a buyer, closed the escrow, entire thing in under 60 days. And we made $34,000. Okay. So so back then, $34,000 was like $340,000. Like, you know, From trying to get a job as a Valley Parker to making thirty-four grand on a deal a year later is pretty exciting. So here's the interesting part: I bought I bought that first property in that same week. I bought that first property. I went to a Mike Ferry and Tom Ferry event in Las Vegas, California, because I was still selling real estate, and I always would sit at the back. There's like five thousand people in these conferences, okay. And my friend was a VP of a real estate company, so he was sitting in the front row with his two managers. And you know those big conventions—the front row, the VIP seats, right? Those are for the people that paid like you know ten thousand for the tickets, or they make a lot of money, like the big the big players, the seven-figure earners. So we got to Me and my ex-wife at the time, we got invited to go sit in the front row because those two seats opened up. And I remember being in the very very back. And it was I was in Vegas. I had a long night. I was like, man, all right, let's do it. So we go to the very front row and. We were dressed sharp. We were at a real estate convention. So at the break, all the people in the front row came up to us. They're like, who are you guys? We've never seen you before. Like, what do you do? Who are you from? And we're like, oh, we're nobodies. We got invited up here. So I ended up talking to this guy, Brady, and he was telling me that he sold real estate in Palm Springs. He was on stage. He was telling the audience how, you know, he grossed $800,000 a year. I was like, $800,000. I couldn't even imagine, you know, it seemed like so much money. And at the break, he came up to us and he started talking to us. And we just start talking and it turned out he had a local TV show in Palm Springs, like paid programming on the weekends. And he said he'd go to the grocery store and people would recognize him. And I was like, yeah, it's neat to be famous and all, but like, do you make money from it? And he goes, well, yeah, of course they see me on TV and then they buy and sell with me. So right away, I'm like, man, I need to get on TV. So obviously right away, I was like, how do we get on TV? What do we got to okay. do? So two days later we go home. We we're living in San Clemente, California at the time. It's like 10 o'clock at night. My ex-wife has one foot going up the stairs. She looks over. She's like, are you going to bed? I'm like, nope. And this is when it hit me. I was, I was like, I'm going to get us a TV show. And this was out of the blue. She looks at me. She goes, like, you're just, you're crazy. Because I would always do crazy things. Like, everything I do is crazy. And I did it. So I was sitting there. I was like, I got to get us a TV show. What is the TV show about? And then I was like, well, I just bought a flip. And I was like, what if I flip houses on TV? So the craziest thing, Lauren, is I pitched... A house flipping TV show before I ever flipped a house. So that night I send pictures and bios to the production company. I wake up the next day, they respond, hey, we like your look, we like your story. Let's meet. So we go through the process, we do a sizzle shoot, which is a two-day shoot. From there, they send it to all the networks. Nobody wanted it, nobody bit. 10 months go by, we hear nothing. All of a sudden I get a call from production. They're like, You're not gonna believe this. HGTV wants to do a pilot. So at this point I'm on my third flip and I'm like, yeah. So we shoot the pilot. And then after the pilot, they're like, normally it could take one to two years to get picked up. And the odds are very slim. A week later, we get a contract from the network saying they want to do a house flipping TV show. And I get a contract to flip 13 houses in 10 months on global TV.
0: That's where I want to stop you because now like just listening to this story, hearing you've only at this point flipped three houses You now have to come up with content for this show, meaning you have to acquire a regular stream of flips in Southern California, which by the way, you guys, one of the most competitive markets in the country to find distressed real estate. How did you do that?
1: And I have no money and I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay.
0: The reason I'm like, this is where it's big for me. I'm so curious I had been interviewed by a production company at one point and that stopped me. I was like, it was, I was going through a divorce. I'm divorced. And I was going through divorce at the time. And you know, this production company was like, we're going to need like a house, an episode. And I'm thinking, listen, like I'm maybe flipping five houses a year right now in California. I'm not at like 13, you know, like that was such a big, number for me. And I was by myself. So I was just like, I nope. And I just said no and moved on with my life. How did you do that?
2: Where right, how
0: did you go you. from three to 13?
1: I'm going to tell you. All right. So I get this contract to do 13 houses in 10 months on TV. And I'm like, I don't know. How am I going to do this? So I, I look at my ex-wife at the time. I was like, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? She goes, well, they could sue us. So I look around in our apartment and then I look around. <laughs> I'm like, they can have it. They can take it all. I, I really don't care. <laughs> they can have yeah. the upside down credit cards. They can have the upside down furniture. So I signed this contract. I have, I'm go for broke. I'm all in. I'm just going for it. So here's how I did it. People say, Tori, how'd you do it? So I really, really at the beginning was focusing on auctions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the problem was I couldn't buy properties that were occupied because of the eviction. It would take too long. So right. I had to buy at auctions. I had to beat other investors. I had to buy them cash and I had to buy them vacant. So I would hustle and grind all day long. Mm -hmm. I would work all day long and then until like 830 every night. And then every night from 10 PM to three or 4 AM every night, I would drive all of Southern California by myself on the road, driving by all the houses that were going to auction the next morning. And the reason I did that is because I would look for vacant houses. So I would spend nights on the road. I was sleeping like four hours a day. I was buying properties. I was filming a TV show. I was selling real estate. And I was driving for dollars overnight. And that's how I did it. And because I put myself in a position where I was working 18 to 20 hour days, I went, my business went, because wow. I put in the time. I work like a maniac. That's the key to my success. 10 years of work in one year is my key to success. I'm a workhorse that's always been the key to my success. So what happened was I went from three deals that first year to three to 13 to 46 to 88. By the fourth year, we're doing 88. And we know we did that first season of flip or flop and I pulled it off and everybody thought I was crazy. Nobody thought we were going to do it, but we did. it, And it turned out to be the biggest house flipping show in history. And, you know, going into season two, you know, when I got an email from a viewer who was watching my show, saw a big lump on my neck, it was the first week of filming season two. I got an email from a viewer. She was a registered nurse in Texas that I needed to go get checked out. I go get checked out. They do a biopsy on my neck. It's atypical. I go in for exploratory surgery. Long story short, I have full-blown stage three thyroid cancer that had spread to my lymph nodes. I get a call from the network. They're like upset. We're so sorry. You know, we understand that you don't have to film. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. We are filming. We are doing this. So I have thyroid cancer. I'm going through a lot of stress and I'm still filming the TV show. A month after I found out I have thyroid cancer, we did more testing because my doctor had misdiagnosed it. And then I also found out I had a separate cancer, which was testicular cancer. So now I'm like, oh, man. I have two separate cancers that weren't related. The doctors didn't know how or why I was 31. So I'm thinking, man, you know, I I think I felt like I I thought I was going to die. You know, I was terrified, but I I kept pushing. I kept filming. And actually the year that I had those cancers, I pretty much quadrupled the size of the company, you know, that year. And I did film a TV show. I mean, literally filmed like, and I have videos of me working after. So they gave me radioactive iodine, which I was like radioactive, you know, yeah. So these people would come in the room with hazmat suits wow. and a metal gun, and they would they would laser me from like twenty feet away to see how radioactive I was.
2: Oh my! God. And I
1: have all the pictures of me. I was working in. I was in quarantine for two weeks, so I'm working in the hospital, and you know I was by myself, and I worked through the whole thing, and it really distracted me from it. But here we are. You know, I survived it, and today I'm thriving. You know, I look back, and I was real sick for you know for about four years of my life, and then after the cancers, I hurt my back really bad. I went through some real bad surgery. And then right after that, I went through that public divorce. So, I mean, I just, you know, five, six, seven years of my life, they were just awful. And, and wow. I, but I just, I just kept going. I just, now, going.
0: I want to stop you about the thyroid thing because I can really empathize. I've never had thyroid cancer, but I do have thyroid disease. My, I have hypothyroidism and, For those who are listening to this and don't know what that is, a lot of people don't realize your thyroid is the master gland of your body. So if it's not working correctly, it affects every single operating system of your body, including your brain. And I do think that in moments of stress, when you have the thyroid issue, it can bring it out. So for me, when I launched my coaching program, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I got this great opportunity to be with Wholesaling Inc. And I coach now and I host a podcast. So, I had to do all these videos, it was like first time I ever did videos or anything.
2: Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I gained 10 pounds in like a day, which yeah. you get it. You're like, oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. And I'd had thyroid disease for a while, but it was so minute and manageable. Like, I was just taking like, you know, the tiniest bit of leothyroid Synthroid. and yeah. le- whatever, Synthroid. All of a sudden, with stress, my thyroid shut off. I'm still like healing from it. I'm still undoing the damage because it does so much damage. I had the worst brain fog. Oh, yeah. During podcasts, like I couldn't come up with words. Like I'd be like, I always was like, what's the word for that?
1: Yeah, people don't get it. Like my brain fog, I remember being on the doctor's TV show in the middle of an interview and like forgetting where I was at. Yes. Like looking around the audience and I was like lost. I'm like, oh, I'm on the TV show right now. It's
0: terrifying.
1: it, It was so bad. So today, I mean... And here's the thing: like I worked my ass off on it to make sure my levels were good. I've been to multiple doctors. Like the amount of meds I take today versus years ago, I take three times the amount of medication. Like I was under medicated. I was hypothyroid. I'd brain fog. The doctors didn't care. Yeah. Like I had a lot of issues with doctors. So you need to go to like I'm telling all everybody out there, you know, doctors go to multiple doctors. You know, you want to make sure you get the right the right advice. 100%
0: do you know who actually saved like I don't want to say like be dramatic saved my life but I was in hypothyroid hell where no I was same thing I was very under medicated Um, it was it started all about last year where my thyroid just went to sleep your ex-wife so she does a live I'm a year into doctors and like making me sicker uh-huh. And your ex-wife posted something because I know she's doing more of like a lifestyle wellness brand. Yeah. And she said, we're doing a live and I'm going to talk about, you know, my Hashimoto's disease and thyroid disease. And I was like, you know what? She looks good. She clearly has it under control. So I'm going to take some time and listen to what she has to say. And hopefully she'll name drop her doctor because I know I live in the same county as you guys. Yep. So I listened to the whole thing she name drops her doctor in Huntington beach. And I get on the phone, call that doctor. Okay. Literally schedule the first like appointment I can get in the rest is history. I am definitely doing better. I'm doing a ton better, but it is a slow ship to turn.
1: Yeah. Like Like, listen, you took action and that's my biggest note to everyone I've talked to you gotta take action. You just gotta do it. Like, you know what? You listened to that podcast, you got that doctor's name, you did it, you feel better, and it was worth it. Most people wouldn't have done it. They would have stayed in that situation where they feel like shit. You oh, know, man. you you fought for you. And that's what I that's what I always tell people, you know, you gotta fight for you, always.
0: It's crazy to me that you filmed a TV show in that condition.
1: It was awful. If you watch my show on season two, I went from 185 pounds on camera to 240 pounds Ugh. i had a 38 inch waist on tv like seriously if you watch my show to i'm not a 240 pound build guy okay i was 240 pounds and then after a year later i had a terrible back injury i went from 240 to 168 pounds on tv i had bones sticking out of my chest i'm not a 168 pound guy either yeah. so you know i i documented this whole thing and it was just really rough times
0: a lot of people make excuses. You know, I, I hear all sorts of excuses. My iPad died. My, you know, I, I had a bad day with my kids. My mom upset me. I'm going through something with my family. But like, I'm telling you when it's your health and it, like, especially with thyroid, I can relate because it really does affect your brain. Like you can't think you have such bad brain fog. You literally, like something that would take one minute will take 10 minutes because you keep forgetting what you're doing. And it's hard to organize your thoughts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I went through some hell and then like after hell. that. At first I thought I felt like crap because of the I needed testosterone. And then I got a testosterone, which made me crazy. Like there was just so much.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, just been
1: through, I've been through medical hell. I've been I, through medical hell. I feel like it. I'm so, smiling, I'm fun today, but I'm you're talking I'm in years of misery. I had years of misery. Yeah. You, know? you just gotta keep fighting.
0: You kept fighting, and so here you are today. And now I know and I wanna get into and I will, I promise, about Tarek Vice houses because so you've got a million businesses, right? You've got a show, you've got Tarek Buys Houses where you're buying like a bajillion houses. all You know, all over you know there, about
1: right? Flipping 101, right? My new show?
0: Yes, you've got a new show, Flipping so, 101.
1: Yeah, so, so Flipper Flop is like the OG show. We're on season 10 right now. Flipping 101 is where I teach rookie flippers on TV how to flip houses, a lot of fun. We're on season two right now. And then I just shot a digital series on Discovery Plus called Tarek's flip Side, which is like a closer look at my personal life
0: crazy. How are you so effective in your day? Like, take me through, I want to know when you wake up, what you eat, what do you do? Tell me, like, oh, wow. take me through a typical Wednesday in Targ's life.
1: Wow. Okay. So wake up. I mean, lately, typically, okay. So, okay. A typical day, uh, Heather and I will wake up at five o'clock uh, we'll go hit 6 a.m. yoga, which is real early. And by the way, I hate mornings. And all of you out there, I don't want to hear any excuses. I'm a night owl. I hate the mornings. But here's the trick. If you force yourself to wake up at 5 in the morning, you will fall asleep at night. I promise. So wake up at 5 in the morning. Go hit hot yoga from 6 to 7. After hot yoga, come home. Get shower, change, eat breakfast. Normally, the workday starts around 8 o'clock, 8.30. We'll be with calls, podcasts, meetings, whatever it is. Typically, my driver shows up around... 10, 30 in the morning.
0: Wait, hold on, hold on really quick. So what do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> I want to <Sure>,
1: know. <laughs> sure. Okay. So here's the truth. I don't run my own life. So my life is ran by Heather, Alicia, and Annette. So the three ladies in my life control my life. They tell me what to do, where to do it, when to go, how to go. And they live on my calendar. So my, like by the minute, every single day we're scheduled. Okay? okay. So I just do whatever the girls tell me. I like I have like three assistants. It's crazy. So they just tell me, you got to go here. You got to go here. So I live on the calendar. Oh, uh, you asked me your what assistant,
0: I assistant Like, so does each assistant have a certain role in your life? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you so, break that up? Like whose job is to do what?
1: I, they, I let them figure that out. Okay.
0: <laughs> so they all, but they all ha- handle like certain aspects. Cause I've always wondered how like very, you know like the highly the successful is, people do this.
1: Like one of the keys to my success is I fire myself from everything. I don't do anything. I literally do nothing. I don't pick my clothing. I don't, my grocery, I do nothing other than things that will make money. Everything else I hire out. I don't do anything if it won't make me money, okay? And that's something I learned years ago. If it's not gonna make me money, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna hire someone to do it. That means with that free time, I'm gonna go do something that will make me money. And it's not even the money. It's something I enjoy doing. I like investing in real estate. I love chasing deals. Like, that's what I enjoy. I like building companies. So every morning, Tether makes me breakfast. I just found out I have celiac disease on top of everything else. So now we have gluten-free tortillas, some vegan eggs or regular eggs with uh, typically vegan cheese and vegan sausage and some salsa. So every morning, same breakfast. Uh, My driver picks me up around uh, 10.30. I get picked up in a big Sprinter limo. It's a mobile office for me. So the second I'm in the van, Alicia, my assistant normally has more calls or Zooms booked. So on the way to set, I work. Once I get to set, I film as soon as I'm done filming, normally around 3.30, I get back in the van. And then I normally head to more meetings. And on the way to those meetings, I have more calls and more Zooms. And normally, like my meetings, workday, that type of stuff, if I don't have the kids, it can go as late as eight o'clock at night. If I have the kids, I make it a priority to be home at at least 5.30 p.m.
0: Okay. So let's talk about kids. How do you juggle being a parent, a single parent? How do you juggle? What's the day look like when you have your kids?
1: You know, I have, I have Heather helping me. She's amazing. We have a nanny that helps. She's amazing. We got great grandparents that help. So we get a lot of help. We're a big family and we're all involved.
0: And you prioritize to like family time, it sounds like after five o'clock.
1: Yeah. So if I have the kids, no meetings, I'm home. Like I'll be texting, I'll be emailing, I'll be working, mm-hmm. but I'm there with them.
0: Yeah, it's hard. Work-life balance is really hard.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you're in your 20s, like, that's, like when I was in my 20s, I'd go to work at seven in the morning and I'd leave the next day at two in the morning. You can do that when you're 24. You can't do that when you're 39. You know, I have kids, I'm, I'm engaged. So that's why the twenties are real important, but if, there's no age barrier to get into this business. I've coached people. I got into the business at 50 that are crushing it, 60 that are crushing it. You know,
0: I love the advice of like, you only do things that make you money. Cause I've, I've wondered like my life has changed quite a bit in the last year. I used to just have my investment company and it was kind of just me and it grew very, very slowly. And then I got this Wholesaling ink opportunity to coach. So now it's like, I own a second business that is different from this other business. They're completely different. And I've had a very difficult time. I call this year like my year of growing pains. Yeah. Of like, I'm trying to do both businesses well. I feel so stretched, very, very thin. So what kind of advice do you have to me? Because I'm like right at that beginning, maybe like where you were. I, I'm you with got- you.
1: And, and I kept adding. So right now I'm working on nine different ventures. Okay. And- So I'm at my breaking point. So I'm going to be honest. So right now, here's my next move. So right now for three of my companies, I'm bringing in a CEO to help me. Mm -hmm. And for three of my other companies, I'm bringing in a COO to help me. And then three of the other companies, I'm bringing in a new director. Mm -hmm. So this is my newest thing. And I just came up with this a few weeks ago. I'm going to turn my businesses into huge companies. I'm going to create a corporate atmosphere. I'm going to hire CEOs, COOs, CTOs, CMOs. And I want to take these things global. I want to take all my brands global, Australia, UK, Canada, all around the world. That's my next move.
0: I love it. I love it. So your secret to you know, managing growing businesses is basically hiring people.
1: Hiring people. So here's the key. Hire people, but hire the best people. And these are lessons I've recently learned in the last two years. It is worth it to wait longer, to spend more money, to find a rockstar employee because one person, one good person will change your business. Five good people will change your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a people business. If you find the right people to support you and work with you, you will be more successful than you ever thought. It's all about your team. It really is.
0: Crazy. Crazy. So tell us about Targ Buys Houses.
1: Targ Buys Houses is our house flipping and wholesale company. We are flipping houses all across the country, We are wholesaling houses all across the country. We are buying properties as rentals all across the country. So if there's anyone out there that has a house, they want to sell it to me, you can go to targetbuyshouses.com. We would love to work with you. And by the way, it's a big country. I have a lot of work to do, but I got this crazy idea the other night. You're going to like this one, Lauren. You can talk to Forrest about it. So I couldn't sleep. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And then I was like, why don't we make money when we sleep? But I do make, actually, I do make money when I sleep oh, no. because, of all the, because of all the rental properties I have. So <laughs> over a hundred houses, uh, we got some apartment buildings, some commercial real estate. So I make money when I sleep. But I, I was like, I was literally, Lawrence laying there's 2.30 in the morning. And I'm like, well, how do I make a lot of money while I sleep? And then I realized, I Googled, I'm like, what time is it in the UK right now? And it was the morning in the UK. It was like nine or 10 in the morning. I was like, why don't I flip houses in the UK? So what I did is I started researching house flipping in the UK at 2.30 in the morning. This was three weeks ago. It turns out it's the exact same thing. Really? It's the exact same thing. So guess what? We have targmicehouses.uk. We're setting up a company in UK. We already found a team to run it in the UK and we're launching in a few weeks.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. So we want to flip and wholesale in the UK.
0: So I'm
1: real excited about it. This is more of something I want to try to prove anything can be done.
0: Right, right. I think with virtual, because I am virtual, I have the virtual coaching program. So everything I do is out of state because Southern California is so hard to flip houses. I mean, I, again, I can't stress enough how hard it must have been for you to come up with things to shoot because it's hard to buy flips here. So I'm all about virtual stuff. So it does always intrigue me how virtual you can get. So I've recently hired people from South America to work acquisitions for me and i it's again it's something to prove that you can do it and it kind of came from my coaching program and seeing the different people because i have students in spain i have students in india yeah. so it came from seeing my students they were able to do it so i thought why can't i have you know virtual
1: exactly. assistants exactly. And virtual
0: employees so so, so i, think-
1: I am so i am so excited like to be i want to flip houses in the uk i want to do it in canada australia new zealand and take it all around the world my mission in life is is a few different missions. One, my homeschooled education, I want to take it all over the world. Two, I want to buy real estate all over the world. And three, I want to raise money from people all over the world to help them invest in real estate. Those are my three life goals.
0: Love it. So for people that are listening to this podcast, if they have a house under contract that they might want to sell to you guys, can you repeat the address? And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes.
1: Sure. Sure. You guys can go to com. In the message, just say you you heard me on the wholesaling and podcast with Lauren, and um, yeah, we're buying deals all over the country. We'll get you an answer within an hour, and you know we got a great team. I think you know last week we locked up ten houses. I think the week before we locked up eight houses, and then I'm not happy. And Forrest knows I'm not happy. I want ten houses a day to start. That's my goal. I want ten houses a day, thirty six hundred a year. Some I think that's the math close to it.
0: Crazy. Well, Tarek, thank you so much for coming today. Honestly, this episode was so good. I'm going to listen to it like three times. I'm sure anybody that's listening to this is going to be obsessed. So thank you so much um, for sharing all your wisdom, your stories. You made a huge impact, I'm sure, on a lot of people today. So thank you. It was great having you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: If you guys want to learn more about virtual real estate investing, check out my program at www.wholesalinginc.com slash virtual. Thanks again. Have a great day